Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Pure as water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you so much for all that you do for us, all your wonderful plan, Lord, that you're revealing to us little by little, and we praise you for it. We thank you for what you're doing, and uh, thank you that you are raising up your saints. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to talk about casting down the dragon This will be number one. Garrett Crawford said, um, This dream that he has sent us is from a husband and wife that are believers but have no connection to UBM. The husband said, My wife had a dream recently that we are out of time or something that we thought would happen later is happening now. I know what that is. Uh, I'm going to probably address that this meeting and the next one, too, probably. The sense of urgency really spoke to me. That's why I'm sending it to you, because this will be an encouragement for the whole body, and many will be helped from it. Okay. And uh, Samantha S. has uh, sent this to us on 3-5-21. She received it, and we called it We're Out of Time. I had a dream last night. We lived in a big house in a neighborhood with maybe 20 houses on a big hill. We had our whole family, but no one else in the house. I believe the house on the hill could represent Zion, which is a house on a hill, and sanctified people of God, right? From each window, we could see down into different parts of different cities. Um, Well, I believe these are the ones that aren't a part of Zion and will not have a supernatural protection and provision that the bride will enjoy. I was looking down from an angle and I could see men walking through parking lots in dark suits with sunglasses on, shooting people who were walking by one by one. Well, this reminds me of the men in black. (laughs) According to Wikipedia, in popular culture and uh, UFO conspiracy theories, men in black are supposed men dressed in black suits who claim to be quasi-government agents who harass, threaten, and sometimes even assassinate. And uh, witnesses to keep them quiet, sometimes to get assassinated, and what they have seen because of what they have seen. The term is also frequently used to describe mysterious men working for unknown organizations as well as various branches of government allegedly tasked with protecting secrets or performing other strange activities. The term is generic 
uh, used for any unusual, threatening, or strangely behaved individual. The men in black supposedly appeared throughout different moments in history. Okay. Well, this, this yes, this, the so-called men in black I, I seem to be very much the deep state who want to assassinate people and depopulate. On another side, I could see people running through the streets and men were standing with knives waiting to stab them as they walked by. Uh, well, these could represent uh, the factious in the church who lay traps and ambush people and stab them in the back like Esau who betrayed Jacob. And then on the political side, of course, it the deep state who wants to uh, depopulate. Okay, Obadiah 1, 8 through 18. Shall not, I not in that day, says the Lord, destroy the wise men out of Edom and understanding out of the mount of Esau? Well, this could go both ways, the political side or the, the Christian side. You know, these people are, of course, killing their own brethren, whether it's in the country or whether it's in the church, right? And thy mighty men, O Teman, shall be dismayed to the end that everyone may be cut off from the mount of Esau by slaughter. For the violence done to thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that strangers carried away his substance, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them, the traitors, right, Judas's. But look not thou on the day of thy brother in the day of his disaster, and rejoice not over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, neither speak proudly in the day of distress. Enter not into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, look not thou on their affliction in the day of their calamity, neither lay ye hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Yes, they're a bunch of thieves. And stand thou not in the crossway to cut off those of his that escape, and deliver not up those of his that remain in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy dealing shall return upon thine own head. Remember, that's going to be a, a constant through here. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. Yea, they shall drink and swallow down, and shall be as though they had not been. But in Mount Zion there shall be those that escape, and it shall be holy, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions, and the house of Jacob shall be for a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall burn among them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken it. So she went on to say, None of them could see us, only we could see them. Well, the bride, represented by Mount Zion, will be hidden in the cleft of the rock, Jesus, and uh, in the secret place of the Most High, which is Jesus, right? 
And then a friend showed up with a group of men to come check on us. They wanted us to go with them, offering protection. Yes, that's how they do. Uh, they cause a disaster, and then they offer you protection, but it's usually a trap of some kind. We had food, water, and electricity. We didn't need a place to go, but we felt like we did need the protection. Well, we do need it from God, though, right? And this is the big lie and the trap by the devil and the government for us to trade our freedoms for safety and security. Uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 6 says, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When they are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall in no wise escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then, let us not sleep as do the rest, but let us watch and be sober. Yes, let's keep our eyes open, stay close to the Lord, listen to His voice. They started packing up all of our food and water to take to the new location. And I instantly felt sick to my stomach. Yes, this is not right. <laughs> Could this represent uh, not only food shortages, but also relocation camps for social dissidents or whatever, you know? And I looked at uh, Justin and said, are we sure we're making this right decision? How do we know this is safe? And the men made me very feel uncomfortable, and I was scared to take my children with them. Hmm. They were pushing hard for us to go, but our friend was not the leader of the group. There would be an occasional car or maybe a couple of people walking in our neighborhood, and I feared that if we left, robbers would break in and take over our home because there weren't many who still had electricity. So here's, here's a, a Christian group that has electricity, and, uh, and it's evidently more rare. And uh, they wanted it. Okay, so there will be riots and looting of all the haves by the have-nots, right? I felt like we would be safer in our home but I knew people would come looking for food and water and they would take everything from us. Nowhere felt totally safe and I was so scared for my kids. Well, we will need to have faith and trust in the Lord for the days to come. There is only safety in sanctification, faith, and being in His will, right? Okay. The men kept telling us we had to make a decision quickly. Yes. And we were all out of time. There it is, out of time. And when the dream ended, we still had not left the house, and the people were standing there asking us to make a decision if we were going to stay or go. 
It sounds like that during this coming collapse of the food supply lines uh, by the deep state and the planned bringing down of the grid by uh, the, the alliance to switch over to Tesla, maybe, uh, the deep state will take the opportunity try to try and depopulate the people. And I believe the Lord has shown that they will do this using the next plague or plagues, I should say. The Alliance has said to stay in our homes as they fight with the deep state. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this next one was given to Marie Kelton, 4721, and we called it the Red Dragon Cast Down. Amen. And she said, while I was driving to work, I had an open vision of a red Chinese dragon in the sky that flew past my car. Then all of a sudden, it turned around and flew in front of me. But it was no longer a red dragon, but a black dragon. I heard, the prince of the power of the air. Hmm. Well, Ephesians 2, 1 and 3, 1 through 3, says, And you did he make alive when you were dead through your trespasses and sins, wherein you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the air, of the spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience. So we know the devil is living through the body of the seven-head, ten-horned dragon, you know, basically the whole lost earth, uh, along with the lost Christians. And uh, among whom we also uh, once lived in the lusts of our flesh, doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So I bound it, and after I bound the dragon, it fell to the earth. Oh, good. We need you now. <laughs> it was really angry. Yes, you know. And um, agree with me, saints, okay? We bind and cast down the dragon and all of his factious emissaries in the state and in the church. In Jesus' name. Well, amen. Before the dragon of Satan in Babylon is cast down, the nations make an agreement to do this. Cyrus Trump, under the authority given the saints, uh, is leading the world to cast down the dragon of deep state Babylon. Revelation teaches us this, that the saints are the ones that are doing this while the angels are doing the physical warfare with the demons, right? And she said, this made me think of that scripture in Revelation about how Satan is angry because he knows he has a short time. Mm -hmm. Revelation 12 and 12. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. All right. Because we are to dwell with Christ in heavenly places. Okay. Uh, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe for the earth. And for the sea, because the devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. 
So you can dwell in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, or you can dwell on the earth. It's a difference of walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit, right? A little while later, while I was having my lunch break, I looked out the window that I was sitting by and saw the black dragon again flying. And I saw him fall from the sky again. And when he landed, he let out a large fiery breath. And I knew he was angry. Then I saw two warrior angels in the sky above the black dragon after he fell. And then I heard, I beheld Satan fallen from heaven like lightning. Mm-hmm. That's Luke 10 and 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan fallen as lightning from heaven. And of course, this is when the disciples were having victories over the curse on God's people, right? And Satan was losing his grip because <laughs> they were going around with the gospel setting people free, right? Well, also, there's a larger war out there, and it's a political war, and that's all part of the Red Dragon, too. So, here's another one given to Marie Kelton, 4322. And we called it Red Dragon is Cast Down, but the Bride is Safe. As I was driving home from work at night, the enemy was attacking my mind a little bit, but I was rebuking it. Then the Lord gave me an open vision as I was driving uh, of a black T-Rex running towards my car. I believe this is representing Satan, the dragon of Revelation 12. Bel, who was the god of Babylon and the deep state, God is Satan. Uh, so, uh, so there's a very close assimilation there, right? Babylon is at this moment warring against the people of God and the people of the world. They want to depopulate. It hit my car but didn't damage it. She said, my car represents my body or vehicle that houses my spiritual man. True, it didn't damage it. And then I looked out the side window and I saw the black T-Rex running next to my car with his head down and his eyes staring at me as I was driving. <laughs> The uh, deep state has their eye on the elect of God uh, to gather information of us and to persecute us and eventually disenfranchise us Christians from uh, participating in the beast system of buying and selling. We're not as far from that as many people think. Then I saw two huge angels, one in front of the T-Rex and the other behind it. The T-Rex had its mouth open like it was going to attack the angel that was in the front of it. But the angel grabbed its jaws and pushed it back really hard like a football player going against the opposing team. The angel behind the T-Rex grabbed its tail and slung it behind my car as I was driving. 
Then I heard the Lord say to me, Ask the angels to help you when Satan is attacking your mind. And then the vision ended. So that's a good advice. Ask the angels to help you, right? And uh, so that was the end of it. And, you know, the dragon will fail to take down the man-child and the bride and will seek to destroy the woman church, but they will seek shelter under the man-child ministry's teachings, as Revelation 12 shows us. And all of this is a test to see who is righteous, for the righteous will live by faith. And we know that he will keep in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. Okay, and here's uh, one for Amber, uh, Arnie, and uh, she got the woman and the T-Rex, 12-8-21. I, and this is Amber representing the bride, I believe, dreamed that there was a woman who was supposedly this great warrior. And she was in a waiting room. I never physically saw her in the dream. Well, this uh, warrior woman may well represent the body of conservative people warring against the deep state dragon. Uh, gathered underneath the alliance, I would say. I wanted to talk to her in my bedroom, so I decided to call her bluff and invite her into my house. Well, the bride wanted to bring the woman into the rest, the bedroom, because they know not the ways of God or his method of warfare. Um, that's, of course, the alliance. They're doing the physical warfare, you know, and... That's not the ways of God. It's not the ways of saved people. But uh, God is using them to do this. I said something to her like, If you're so brave, then you'll have no trouble coming into my house. <laughs> well, we always hope that these people who are generally conservative and um uh, learned the ways of the world, would come into the kingdom of God, right? I don't know why this seemed like a challenging or fearful thing for her. I believe this warning, this warring people are very reluctant to enter into close relationship with true Christians like the bride. Okay. To get... To my room, she would have to walk through my house and all the people who were in it. It's kind of hard for these people. Uh, many of these are New Age people, and they're pretty much offended with Christians. Uh, they don't really believe the Bible completely. They especially don't believe the book of Revelation. So they avoid uh, true Christians. Um after I issued her the invitation, I entered my house and left the front door open for her. I think some of these people are going to come into the kingdom, especially when they find out the book of Revelation is right and they are wrong. <laughs> What's coming 
is what the book of Revelation tells us is coming and not their thousands of years of peace, right? There were many people in my house, and they all seemed busy but working in peace and diligence. Mm-hmm. And as I walked past the people, there was a stir of excitement. It was as if they knew she was there, even though no one saw her. <laughs> well, we would all love to see them come into our house because they are one of the vessels that God is using to bring the bride into that peace and to bring down the deep state dragon. All right. A policeman came to talk to me, and he was guarding a T-Rex merged with an alien creature. <laughs> well, according to the Smithsonian, Tyrannosaurus is Greek for tyrant lizard, and rex means king in Latin. So, Tyrannosaurus rex was king of the tyrant lizards, we're guessing. <laughs> The alien creature was the monster from the movie Aliens, and they are both fearsome predators. Yes, true. Well, we know that the seven-headed, ten-horned dragon body is the lost nations in whom is an alien that we call Satan. <laughs> Revelation 12 and 9. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. So this alien dragon seeks to destroy both the man-child and the woman in Revelation chapter 12 on down and is resisted by those who believe in law and order, represented by the policemen who call themselves the White Hats. Hmm, kind of interesting, huh, how this is all playing out. Uh, the woman and the T-Rex creature were mortal enemies, and there was a fear that they might attack each other, and tear the house apart. Well, I can understand that. Um, we're on the verge of all that. And, of course, we pray um, that it doesn't happen. But it's going to happen sooner or later. There is a war between the Alliance and the Deep State Dragon. And it is apparent that this could turn into a worse war at any moment. After the man-child reformers are anointed in the first seal of Revelation 6 and 2, the second seal of Revelation 6, 3 through 4, uh, peace will be get taken from the earth. Revelation 6, 3 and 4. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, Come. And another horse came forth, a red horse, and to him that sat thereon it was given to take peace from the earth, and that they should slay one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Okay, didn't work out. That thousand years of peace didn't work out. So now 
they might be willing to enter into the house. And oh, those crazy Christians were right. The book of Revelation is happening and so on and so forth. So this young policeman told me there is a lot of fear, meaning there was a lot of fear among his fellow officers. Hmm. The dragon has fearsome weapons of pestilence, sword, and famine, just as Babylon used to conquer the apostate people of God. He let me know that despite the fear, they would continue to do their job. Yep, I believe they will continue to do their job. It's a war. It's ongoing. And, of course, the dragon is going to lose. Okay, but not necessarily until he's done a lot of damage. He continued, When we say to each other, Wish you were here, we mean it. <laughs> Well, this saying conveyed how much they loved each other and missed each other when they were separate. Well, there's a brotherhood between these white hats, this woman that we saw before. Um, there's a brotherhood there. And um, it's not the kind that's in the church exactly, but it is a brotherhood. As I asked if there was anything that I could do to help with the fear... I noticed that he was in pain and grasping his shoulder, which was bleeding from a horrible wound. Well, sound like the Alliance is going to take a hit, okay? The wound looked like a cut or a tear, and it was really hurting him. It is apparent, by the way, that the Alliance militaries are being wounded by the deep state dragon in the underground tunnel system, the wars uh, to save the children there, and on the surface too. They are being wounded. It is a war. It's not a war between the nations like the mainstream media wants us to believe and the Democrats want us to believe. Uh, it's a war between the deep state and the Alliance. And before I could finish speaking, the wound on his shoulder began to heal. So, praise the Lord. God is going to give us some healings among these people. That's good. And the look on his face changed from pain to relief and joy. Yes. Well, this is clearly an indication for us to pray for the White Hat Alliance and stop and pray. Stop and pray. Don't forget this, okay? We, we are the ones, by the way, that are causing the dragon to be cast down. We Our authority is being translated through the people of the Alliance to fight this war. And the angels in heaven are fighting the, the principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness. And they will cast them down as the saints walk by faith and give commands and so on. When the wound was almost healed, it looked clean and small like a zipper because I laid my hand on his shoulder and prayed for his healing. Amen. Well, that's a good indication. We can pray for these people. And this is another one given to Claire Pinar, uh, 10 6 We called it New Plague Defeated for and by the Saints. Okay. I dreamed I was in a Rondewell-type 
setting, an African round clay house with a thatched grass roof, a round dwelling with open windows, no glass. It was large, and there were many rooms that went off into various directions within the house. There was lush green vegetation all around, and the smell of meat being barbecued. Okay. Well, the saints, um, meaning the sanctified ones, who keep covenant by sacrifice of their flesh, that are an aroma to God, I believe is being indicated here. Um, it was nighttime, and there were many saints in there. Joe Britz was one of them. It looked like an old restaurant called Tribes that I used to work at as a hostess when I was a student. All of the nations or Gentiles who are called are together by faith and, and belong together. Romans 1, 5, and 6 through whom we received grace and apostleship unto obedience of faith among all the nations for his namesake, among whom ye are also called to be Jesus Christ. Okay, there is an obedience of faith. Notice, some people don't think that, but it, it's the truth. I went over to the front door and saw a really tiny little snake slither in. It looked more like a tapeworm. It was so small, but I overreacted. Well, this represents, I believe, the overreaction to what COVID-19 is. It is the vaccine that is killing people. <laughs> okay, they wanted people to panic, you know, okay so that they would run for the vaccine and they could depopulate. I screamed and said, Get that snake out of here! Well, since this plague has no rights in the sanctified house of God, uh, we should say the same thing. Yeah. I said, This is not out of fear, just out of indignation that I would even try to come into our space, that it would even try to come into our space. She wasn't uh, fearful. Just then a huge snake appeared and slithered behind the little snake. It looked like a Mozambique python. It swallowed up the little wormy snake. Well, so this plague is the new one or ones that we have warned of uh, to the president and to our broadcast community. No one will worry about COVID-19 when this plague comes. They just won't worry about it anymore because this one is terrible. We're talking about like a 35% kill rate rather than a 1.6 kill rate for COVID-19, right? It turned and looked at me and opened its mouth wide and bared its fangs and said, You're next. I was pretty scared then. I turned to see who would help me. And I saw an old friend from primary school. His name was Duran, which means firm or enduring. Oh, that's good. Good to have friends like that. He represents firm faith in the promises. 
in this case, uh, for health that endures to see it fulfilled. Matthew 24 and 13 says, But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And of course, he's talking about enduring in faith, right? And James 1 and 12, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he hath been approved, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to them that love him. Amen. And 1 Peter 2, 24, who in his own self bear our sins in his body upon the tree, that we, having died unto sins, might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Just believe it. And Exodus 12 and 13 says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and there shall no plague be upon you to destroy you. Do you believe it? This is the Passover. Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We're already there, if you believe it. When I smite the land of Egypt, he says. Psalm 91 and 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy tent. You should, uh, you, your mind is where the battleground is. You have to cast down these vain imaginations that are exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We're looking at the knowledge of God here. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy tent. Zechariah fourteen twelve, And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the peoples that have warred against Jerusalem. Oh, going to shoot themselves in the foot, huh? Uh, and Jerusalem represents the bride, as John was told. And their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their sockets, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Yes, that's what this uh, virus, I mean, not the virus, this vaccine does, 5G does, and so on and so forth. But we are not under the curse because of what Jesus did. And we should claim that and stand firm by that and endure to the end in that faith, right? Well, yes, the big snake is swallowing up the, the smaller snake that wasn't really what everybody thought it was, but we have to walk by faith. And she says, he walked over to the snake and distracted it by throwing something outside the house. Well, the cleansing of the church makes it powerful and gives it our rights of immunity. Proverbs 10 and 2 says, Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. Amen. 1 John 1, 7 through 9, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have the light is the light of the word, right? We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Believe it. Believe it. 
The snake turned to see what was thrown out. Well, the spirit of infirmity and sickness has authority when sin is in the house. And I believe he was checking to see what authority he just lost. In other words, in cleaning the house, throwing these things out, right, of the house. And, of course, this body is our house, right? So he was checking to see what authority he lost. Because they do have to obey the rules. <laughs> and it was... And as it turned, Duran picked up a small vaccine and thrust the shiny metal needle into the snake's neck at the back. Oh, my goodness. Here they go, take, partaking of their own vaccine uh, destruction, right? The vaccine for the plague is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, like uh, the book by David Eels. God's vaccine, she said, even one small word in faith will kill the enemy. Ephesians six, seventeen, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Isn't it interesting that the most people who are dying of the vaccine are leftists and liberals by far because they trust this evil government and the right does not trust this evil government. <laughs> So, and the people on the right who do, uh, they get chastened pretty bad. The snake turned around and wailed, saying, This will be the death of me. Yeah. It w I was so glad Duran was there. I said, Do you think it'll be enough to kill him? And he said, Yep. But he's going to suffer first. <laughs> Okay, so this plague will cause suffering and hopefully will give people time to repent before they die. Uh, the, the rest, of course, um, are the saints or the sanctified ones are going to be preserved because they believe the Word of God. The righteous shall live from faith. I don't care what religion you belong to. The righteous live from faith. Please prepare yourselves, friends and family, for this plague. See, um, we make zero money on these books. Um, you can learn from our free God's Vaccine ebook, uh, How to Be Protected, and also you can order it in print. And I'll put a link here where you can read it freely or order it in print from someone who will print it for you. And after this plague uh, and the destruction of the deep state, spiritual and physical, uh, prosperity will come to the bride. I say to the bride, not to the church. Okay. So I asked the Lord for a verse, she says, for this dream and received by faith at random, John six fifty one. My finger was on, live forever. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Yea, and the bread which I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Well, you know, Jesus is the Word made flesh. If you eat the Word, you won't have any trouble with this plague. If you don't, you will. It's that simple. And uh, Isaac Payne sent this for 
what he received on 317.22, and we called it the sanctified are protected. Sanctification is the process of coming into alignment with God's Word, believing what God says instead of what men say. In this dream, I was laying in a bed asleep during the night. I believe this represents resting while darkness covers the earth. I could see myself in the dream resting as I was witnessing this in the Spirit. Well, we know a person who has entered into the rest from their own works is capable of being used by the Lord. You see, he waits for you to cease from your works before he gives you his. Hebrews 4, 9 through 11 says, There remaineth therefore a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Now, we're not talking about a literal Sabbath. It's translated when you bring it into the New Testament, and actually it's the word sabbatismos, which means a continual Sabbath, not a day. Okay. Uh, there remaineth therefore a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for he that hath entered into his rest, which is a rest from your own works, hath himself also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore give diligence to enter into that rest that no man fall after the same example of disobedience. Right. Suddenly a bright white light appeared. The white light was so pure that it would be binding, uh, blinding excuse me, to the natural eye if looked directly into it. The light illuminated in a width of a few inches and the length was around four feet. This light seemed like a UV light. And he explains, UV light is used in the food industry as a form of purifying and extending the shelf life of food. The UV light kills viruses and microbes that would cause the food to spoil. I used to be, he said, an electrician in the food industry, and it was part of my PMs to check the quality and functionality of these UV lights. This illuminating white light formed a line at my feet while I was sleeping. First yeah, John 1 and 7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. In other words, there's no faction. <laughs> and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. The light began to scan my body, starting at my feet to my head. While watching in the Spirit, I could see this white light making a complete and thorough scan of me while I slept. Well, Proverbs 20 and 27 says, The Spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. I knew this bright light was scanning me internally and externally to reveal any hidden defects or illnesses. Mm-hmm. This light worked in the same way a CAT scan does, except the light was not produced by a machine, nor did it have a machine housing it. Well, Romans 8 and 26 and 27 says, And in like manner the Spirit also helpeth our infirmity, for we know not how to pray as we ought, 
But the Spirit makes intercession for us in groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. And after the light scan was complete, no hidden defects or illnesses were present. Praise the Lord. That means he was sanctified, right? Because the UV rays from the light uh, destroy all foreign enemies. Yeah, that's what it did, or uh, the light does that, by the way. Uh, the light of God's Word. John 8 and 12, again, therefore, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And Philippians three twelve through 14 says this, Not that I am already obtained or am already made perfect, but I press on, if so be, that I may lay hold on that for which also I was laid hold on by Christ Jesus. Which is what? This perfection that he's just talking about. Brethren, I count not myself yet to have laid hold, but one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on towards the goal unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Jesus Christ. While witnessing this in the Spirit, I knew there wasn't any hidden defects and I was healthy. And I believe this shows that Jesus' sacrifice was enough to purify us and we claim and believe it by faith in the light. Hebrews 10, 19-23 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the way which he dedicated for us a new and a living way, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. So the flesh was torn so that we might go into the holy place. And the same thing happens in us, by the way. The old flesh is torn, and we enter into holiness, right? And having a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in fullness of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and having our body washed with pure water. That's the water of the word. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope, that it waver not, for he is faithful that promised. Suddenly a dark force entered the room, and it began to float towards me while I was still asleep. This force's form was spirit, and the color of it was brown. Well, uh, let me say, the factious spirit in state and church is very much like the brown shirt Nazis. Okay. This uh, brown evil spirit wanted to attack me while I slept, and then I woke up. Well, thank you, Father, that according to Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, 
and their righteousness which is of me, saith the Lord. Immediately after I woke up, I knew in my heart that I represented the overcomers in this dream, and dreamers were being attacked externally. Yes, uh, in this case, because he was righteous and clean, there was nothing this spirit could do. The curse that is causeless alighteth not, right? So, yes, people have been attacked by both the faction in the state and in the church. Okay, Isaac Payne here. I uh, got this on 32922. We called it Skilled Carpenters Build the Ark. And the ark, of course, is for the safety of God's people while this flood of destruction comes over the earth, right? In this dream, I was a carpenter and performing carpentry work representing following in the footsteps of Jesus, right? While performing the carpentry work, I arrived at a point where I needed more instruction to continue to build and finish the project. I believe I was building an ark. Hmm. And I called Michael Hare on his phone to ask him for directions on performing the next step of building the ark. And Michael, whose name means, who is like God, represents our master carpenter, Jesus, who was God in the flesh. And we're learning from him how to build an ark to preserve God's people. Amen? Mark 6 and 3 says, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? Yes, there's Jesus as the carpenter, right? Michael answered the phone and put it on video chat so I could see clearly the instructions that I needed. Well, phones allow you to hear a meaning ears to hear, and the video chat allows you to see, meaning having eyes to see, right? And Matthew 13 and 16 says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Yes, everybody doesn't have that gift. You have to pray for people to have that gift. I could see the room Michael was working in, and it was white, uh, representing purity. And I knew this room was in David's house. Well, the Lord is restoring the house of David, <laughs> the biblical house of David, which will be an ark of refuge in the coming days of tribulation. Michael was showing me his workbench while using video chat. He was a skilled carpenter and had many tools around his room. I believe the tools represent the authority of binding and loosing. Yes. Matthew 16 and 19 says, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So God has given you authority, saints. You need to use it now to, to drag down the dragon and slam him into the earth, right? I believe Michael and I, being carpenters, represent walking in the steps of Jesus. 
And this is uh, summed up in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. But we all, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. He instructed me on my next steps, and I could see he was using a beautiful red cedar wood for his build. Well, cedar wood would be great in an ark because it is water-resistant and does not rot like other woods, and also it is insect-resistant, representing it resists, uh, I would say, attacks by enemies so that the ark doesn't sink. <laughs> okay? In Genesis six eighteen through 7, 1, we read, but I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt come into the ark. They seem to be synonymous here, right? And thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort, shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. And down in 7 and 1, and the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And those who come into the ark or come into the covenant are the righteous. And just because you're called a Christian don't mean you're coming into the covenant. right? That's why you need to read the word to find out how to agree with the Lord. How can two walk together except they be agreed, right? Revelation 9, 3 and 4 says, And out of the smoke came forth locusts upon the earth, and the power was given them, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was said unto them that they should not hurt the grass, which I interpret to be the flesh, because Peter said all flesh is as grass, of the earth, neither any green thing, representing life, neither any tree, but only such men as have not the seal of God on their foreheads. So this is really good. It fits good with the rest of the, the parable, and he put it here, and it fits really good. I believe this concerns the insect resistance of the cedar, he said. Genesis 6 and 17 and I, behold, do bring the flood waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life. From under heaven, everything that is in the earth shall die. So we need to be in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you abide in Christ Jesus, you are in heavenly places and you're safe, right? But you've got to abide in the Word. You've got to believe the Word as it is, not the way religion teaches it. Right. I believe the cedar wood indicates that uh, it is resistant to the judgments of the world. Yes. And also the floods will destroy all flesh. All who walk in the flesh and love their life, hence those who don't have the breath of life, will fall into judgment. Yeah. John 12 and 25. He that loveth his life loseth it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Michael explained to me what I needed to do to finish the build. And then I woke up. 
Amen. Okay, and here's a very interesting revelation. We called it the key that defeats the enemy. You need to pay attention to this, and you need to do it. Okay, this was given to Eve Brass, 4, 1, and 22. I dreamed that I was standing in front of an old computer monitor from the 90s. It had a black screen background with white computer programming codes written on the screen. The message we are to receive is a very old one uh, that we have seen before. This is nothing new, but exercising it might be for a lot of people, right? David was standing behind me to my right, and I was trying to make sense of what I was looking at and figure out the right key code to enter into the program to defeat our enemies. Oh, wow. Okay. Then David pointed to the computer screen without saying a word. I believe that's because every key to defeat the enemy is already written. You just need to read it for yourself, right? Suddenly, I was able to decipher the key code and understand the program which contained the secret to defeat the enemy that was coming against the people of God. And then I woke up. Well, that enemy, of course, is the dragon of, uh, of a faction in both the church and the state. So what is your key to defeat the enemy? I'll tell you, it is the key of David, which he gives to the bride body, to bind and loose exactly as Jesus gave authority to bind and loose to the bride body of his day. Remember what John the Baptist said, those people, first fruits people following Jesus, they were the bride, and he was the bridegroom. And Jesus gave them authority. Okay? Isaiah 22 and 20. On down. And it shall come to pass in that day, that I will call my servant Eliakim, meaning raised up by God, or resurrection of God, as in the man-child ministry. The son of Hilkiah, meaning Yah is my portion. Uh, verse 21, And I will clothe him with thy robe, that's the apostate leadership he's replacing, and strengthen him with a girdle, and I will commit thy government into his hands. So, in effect, the man-child replaces the apostate leadership, right? And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. And he shall open, and none shall shut and he shall shut, and none shall open. Well, notice that the man-child will have the authority to bind and loose for the Lord, and he will give it to the bride. And that's just as Jesus did. Uh, the things that have been are the things that shall be, right? Jesus was the first man-child, and Jesus in the man-child, by his word and by his spirit, is going to do the same things in our day. The Lord identifies in Revelation those with the key of the house of David 
who have the authority to open and shut, because the Lord lives in them. Revelation 3 and 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. So this is one of the seven churches, just as Moses, the man-child of his day, uh, chose uh, one of seven daughters. Uh, Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. The bride is under the man-child David's right. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and none shall shut, and that shutteth and none shall open. And you can see, of course, there the binding and loosing. This is the key to bind and loose. Matthew 18, 18 and 19 says, Verily I say unto you, What things soever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Start binding, saints. Start binding the deep states in both the church and in the government, right? And what things soever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Loose the angels on them. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Wow, what authority has he given to us, you know? And I tell you, the man-child is going to exercise that authority in a way that most of the church has never thought about. So, the bride should bind the curses of the factions in the church and state which are uh, while being careful not to loose a curse on themselves by their own tongues and disagreeing with God's Word, right? So we're going back to our text now in Revelation chapter 3, verse 8 this time. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee a door opened, which none can shut. There you go. He's, nobody's going to take this gift away from you. God spoke it. It's in his Word. Do it. Bind and loose. Do it. That thou hast a little power, and didst keep my word, and didst not deny my name. Well, by speaking against the word, we deny the name of the Lord. It's his nature, character, and authority, right? That's what name means. And we loose a curse. For example, 5G is hurting me. Or the plague or the vaccine is affecting me, etc. No, none of this can be true according to the Word of God, who's, by whose stripes you were healed. So we must bind and cast down those kinds of thoughts and words, right? Verse 9, Behold, I give of the synagogue, which is a type of the church, the synagogue of Satan, of them that say they are Jews, well, he is a Jew who is one inwardly, the Bible tells us in the New Testament. Uh, and they are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. There is a deep state in the church, and they do not believe the word of God. They do not please God. They come against God's people. They are haters rather than lovers. And they do lie. They are not Christian. 
The Pharisees and Sadducees were the factious leadership that were against Jesus to crucify him, and according to him, they were of their father the devil, and from beneath, it says. And this is a type for our day. Verse 23, And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place, and he shall be for a throne of glory to his father's house. 24, And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, every small vessel, from the cups even unto all the flagons. Then the Lord gives a revelation of the crucifixion in David's line of Jesus the Messiah, who comes again through crucifixion of the man-child David's. Verse 25, In that day, says the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that was fastened in a sure place give way, and it shall be hewn down and fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut off, for the Lord has spoken it. Well, the apostate leadership was uh, replaced by the man-child reformer ministry. Amen. And we're told in Isaiah 54 and 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Therefore, any weapon formed against you, you may bind. Right? And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness which is of me, says the Lord. So, out of the wicked's own mouth has their judgment come. Notice, that we have authority over all the power of witchcraft used to injure or kill us. And, of course, witchcraft is coming through the deep state because they're Satanists and they have many witches working for them. Uh, and also in the church, the same thing. There are people who are walking in witchcraft. They're praying against their brethren, it's, which is witchcraft. Uh, Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions, two different kinds or, or uh, categories of demons, and over all the power of the enemy. And listen to this. Nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Can you say that? Nothing can hurt you. And you can say it by faith, right? Fight the good fight of faith and hold on to that one. Do we as men curse the wicked or do they curse themselves? Think about it. Remember the dream about the faction throwing their bombs at us, but the angels threw them back. In other words, their own curses and traps laid for us came upon them. Can we in this way curse ourselves by speaking contrary to God's word? Well, Job said in 9 and 20, Though I be righteous, mine own mouth shall condemn me. Though I be perfect, it shall prove me perverse. See, you have to be careful about the things that you say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Okay? But of the wicked who speak against the righteous, we are told in Job 15 and 6, Thine own mouth condemneth thee, and not I. There you go. 
Yea, thine own lips testify against thee. Psalm 64 and 8 says, So they shall be made to stumble, their own tongue being against them. All that see them shall wag the head. Yes, we receive many words about shame that God is going to put upon the faction. Psalm 140 and 9. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Why is this true of the wicked's words? Because Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Judas and Absalom, who spoke against the Lord, hung themselves with their own deceitful words. Absalom led God's people against David, causing many of their deaths, and then he hung himself. The elect whom they deceived will return to David, just like happened there. All the thing, everything is written in the Bible, friends. All the types and shadows are there. When the wicked send their witchcraft curses against the righteous, those curses will fall upon them. Psalm 64, 2-10 says, Hide me from the secret counsel of evildoers, from the tumult of the workers of iniquity, who have whet their tongue like a sword, and have aimed their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret places at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil purpose. They commune of laying snares privily. They say, who will see them? Ha, God is watching. They say, we're being watched. Ooh, but you know who's really being watched? Them. Who will see them? They search out iniquities. We have accomplished, say they, a diligent search, and the inward thought in the heart of every one is deep. Yes, but you can't judge people by what you think they think. This is where you're wrong. But their own inward thoughts to judge others will judge them. Verse 7, For God will shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall be made to stumble, their own tongue being against them. So their curse comes out of their own mouths. All that see them shall wag the head, and all men shall fear, and they shall declare the work of God and shall wisely consider of his doing. Yes, they're going to know God did this. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord, and shall take refuge in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Oh, praise be to God. Proverbs 12 and 13. In the transgression of the lips is a snare to the evil man. There you go. That's his snare. That's his trap. But the righteous shall come out of trouble. Proverbs 18 and 7. The fool's mouth is his destruction, 
His lips are the snare of his soul. You better speak truth. Uh, before you get so deceived, you begin to believe your lies. You see, that happens. So they are their own worst enemy, even though they want to blame everything on the righteous. Everything. Psalm 109, 17 through 20 says, Yea, he loved cursing, and it came unto him. Oh, it came, the cursing that he spoke came unto him. And he delighted not in blessing, and it was far from him. He clothed himself also with cursing as with his garment. And it came into his inward parts like water, and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the raiment wherewith he covereth himself, and for the girdle wherewith he is girded continually. This is the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. I asked, When are they finished killing your people, Lord? And here's my answer. Psalm 66, 5 and 6. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doings towards the children of men. He turneth the sea into dry land. They went through the river on foot. There did we rejoice in him. So the oppressors of God's people were headed to their Red Sea. You see that? Okay, so, so then go to 10 and 13. 10 through 13. For thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. And thou brought us into the net. Thou layest a sore burden upon our loins. Thou didst cause men to ride over our heads. Yes, they're like a bunch of chihuahuas chewing on your heels all the time. Uh, righteous people, if they disagree, they just go their own way. Not these people. They, this is their livelihood. This is what they love to do. Okay. We went through fire and through water. Where was that? We, we just read it. The, the Red Sea. But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Well, notice. When we go through the water of the Red Sea, uh, the wicked are taken out. And the wealthy place comes for the righteous, as the factious persecutors are drowned. <laughs> um, I will come into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows. So, remember Eve's dream of the bride given authority to send the policemen, which we believe are the angels, to put in spiritual jail the factious dogs until their lethal injection takes them out. Hmm, interesting dream. And we as men are to bless and curse not, the Bible says. Bless and curse not, as men, okay? But Jesus is God, and he in man can curse the wicked people. Jesus in the man-child reformers is coming as a lion this time. Yes, he is. And we're not talking about his coming at the end of the tribulation. We're talking about his, in his coming now in the man-child ministry to lead God's people through the wilderness. Everything is according to type, right? 
Also, the man-child on the mountain, representing Jesus in, in man, who escaped from the faction of Abimelech and the men of Shechem when they slew uh, all of the man-child's brethren, spoke judgment on them to destroy each other, and they did. What, did, what happened? They reaped faction. They sowed faction, and then they reaped faction. And they killed themselves, like Judas. Jesus, the man-child, cursed the fruitless fig tree, representing apostates, planted by the way in the Mount of Corruption, which was called the Mount of Olives, and it died. He cursed it. Its roots were in the Mount of Corruption, not the Mount of Holiness, not Mount Zion, right? And it died. Mark eleven twelve through 25 says, And on the morrow, when they were come out from Bethany, he hungered. And seeing a fig tree far off, having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of the figs. And he answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit from thee henceforth and forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came uh, to Jerusalem, and he entered into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and them that bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold the doves. And every evening he went forth out of the city. And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away from the roots because its roots were in the uh, confusion of Babylonish um, verse 21, And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Rabbi, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedst is withered away. And Jesus answering, and saith unto them, Have faith in God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, remember the roots of the apostate fig tree were in the Mount of Olives, called the Mount of Corruption. So they were drawing their water from corruption, right? Be thou taken up and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that what he saith cometh to pass, and he shall have it. Well, that's very similar to casting down the dragon, that's trying to devour the man-child and the woman and the bride. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And whensoever you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against anyone. For your Father also, uh, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. So let me say very clearly that those who do not forgive their enemies are not qualified to judge. Paul said, being in readiness to avenge all disobedience when your obedience is made full. Just take care of yourself. You just obey. The wicked will be taken care of. Right? Their own tongue will take them down. And when the Lord comes in the man-child, his reward is with him, and that's for the bride, and his recompense is before him, 
and that's for the faction who persecuted the bride. If you remember, that's what Jesus did with his blood-stained garment, taking down the Edomites, right? Isaiah 40 and 10, Behold, the Lord uh, will come as a mighty one. So Jesus in the son of David, and now Jesus in the man-child David's are a mighty one. And his arm will rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. And also, 62.11, Isaiah 62.11, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the ends of the earth, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. And we know that is Jesus who is coming, who is the salvation, right? Amen. Um, Jesus and the man-child Davids will bring recompense on the factious Edomites just as David did when he was anointed, you know, as a type of the man-child, right? Uh, and I said to the Lord, thinking about this, meditating on this, and uh, Lord, I, I, I wouldn't dare to speak a judgment unless you would do this in me because then you're doing it and not me. So men should not judge. Leave that up to God. But God can use men to judge. He did all the way through the Bible. Okay? So um, I said to him, I said, Lord, give me a strong sign if you will do this with three heads for yes. So I got those three heads, and I showed them to Michael. And I didn't think this was going to happen immediate, but I then asked, uh, was it to be done now? And uh, got, not now, but soon. And uh, soon Satan in the dragon body, which includes both factions of church and state, will be cast down. And as you know, the saints were doing it on the earth while the angels were doing the physical warfare with the principalities and powers and casting the devil down, the dragon down. Okay. Um, this is another one that uh, Claire Pinar, 3.11.22, received. We run and do not grow weary. Okay. In this dream, I was in exactly the same uh, running outfit as Joe Britz was in a similar dream a few days earlier. In a previous dream, Joe represented the Joseph man-child, who are the first fruits of God's end-time harvest. Uh, they run the race before us like Joseph and Moses did in the Bible so that the people of God have a qualified leadership to guide them out into their own wilderness, right? Amen. And that's why all the man-childs in the history were raised up was to bring God's people through the wilderness to the promised land. Some people don't really want to go to the promised land. <laughs> and uh, they are double-minded in the wilderness. So it takes them uh, a lot longer trip because they have to go around in circles out in the wilderness instead of just going right straight to the promised land, right? 
Well, well, uh, Joseph had been there, and Moses had been there, and Moses, of course, uh, overcame in his wilderness, and Joseph in his, and they were qualified to lead God's people there. But as you know, uh, they came against Moses in the wilderness and argued with God who was speaking through Moses in the wilderness. And uh, because of that, they fell in the wilderness and didn't make it to their promised land. Oh, my goodness. So, I was wearing red classic running shorts and a running vest representing uh, the word which we've heard from the beginning, I believe. This represents the covering and cleansing of the blood of Jesus, the perfect lamb, amen. I represent the people who make up the bride body because my name means brilliance, which represents the lampros garment of the bride in Revelation 19. Men. Revelation 19 speaks of two groups of people, one who have a leucos garment, which is just white, and that is those who are invited to the marriage. But the bride is not invited to the marriage. The bride has on this lampros, a glowing garment. Okay, And anybody that tells you the church is the bride don't know what they're talking about. They haven't read the Word of God. And it doesn't fit anything that we see in the Bible, like the book of Esther or the Song of Solomon, where the bride was lifted up above the queens and the concubines and so on and so forth. Yeah. And she had the king. I was at a road-running race. I had already passed the finish line, and I was given a red rose. It seemed I had won the race. Well, if you'll notice, then it goes into her running this race. But she, but she, at the beginning, it seems that she'd already won the race. So we claim the end from the beginning. That's how faith works. Faith calls the things that be not as though they were. And because of our faith, God gives us grace to do it. You see, he, he, he wants the believers, uh, not the rest. Just the, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith is believing you have received, as Jesus said, all things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. Don't listen to the deceiving preachers who say you'll never make it. Just be happy where you are, forgiven, but never mind all that perfection stuff. Don't pay any attention to them. You can't have faith for something you don't believe in. These deceivers are causing people to lose their position in God. And many of them will fall away because it was the star glories that fell away. It wasn't the moon glories or the sun glories that fell away. It was the star glories. And that's because of self-righteousness. Stars are separate from one another because they have their own glory, right? So this brought to my remembrance the Comrades Marathon, which has a tagline of the ultimate human race, hmm. where the first 
10 ladies to finish the race received a rose, a red rose. It's a 55.3 mile race. Hmm, good for you, not me. <laughs> uh, since God's elect have belonged to him from the foundation of the world, we have already won the race. But we must still endure in faith until the end of our trials uh, in order to claim the prize, right? Matthew 10 and 22 says, But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Now, don't we claim our salvation at the beginning? Yes, you're claiming it by faith. You're saved by faith. But now, because of your faith, you are being saved by manifestation. This is what a lot of people don't know and don't understand. First, you claim it by faith. And if you really believe it and you walk in that faith, you will endure to the end to be saved. And Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, let us also, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. We have to lay aside things that aren't necessarily sin, but are weights to hold us back. We cannot run this race if we're burdened down with all the cares of the world and the things of the world and so on and so forth. We will lose the race. And the sin. Okay, so some things in themselves are not sin, but they're weights. But the sin is sin, which does so easily be said. We've got to lay it aside. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising shame. Yes, indeed. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that hath endured such gainsaying of sinners against himself, that you wax not weary, fainting in your souls. Well, Rion, she said, that's, that's her husband, was next to me, and he was clothed in gray. Gray represents death to self. We must go through the death stage, which is moon glory, till we get to the righteousness of Christ, which is sun glory, right? So this is our race. The race is to die to self and live as Christ. Death and then resurrection. If we become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall be also of the resurrection. Reckon yourself to be dead unto sin. There's that faith, you see. Reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. You can stop sin uh, because you consider yourself to be dead because Jesus took away your sins and nailed them to the cross. 
Both Rion and I had to continue running, and we ran so long, or far, that my hair turned white. <laughs> yeah, mine did too. <laughs> but my face uh, still looked young, with no wrinkles. Praise the Lord. Uh, and Rion's hair also turned white as he ran, and his face also showed no signs of aging. Amen. You know what? A, a lot of people don't age like other people age, and that's because they're running the race and because they are loving Christ and staying close to Him. Amen. Proverbs 16 and 31. The hoary head, that is the white-haired, is a crown of glory. It shall be found in the way of righteousness. Hmm. And Proverbs 20 and 29, The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is the hoary head, or the white hair, right? It means they've been through a lot to get to where they are. <laughs> through much tribulation shall you enter the kingdom, right? Amen. It seems we had the best of both as we had the strength and endurance to run and not grow weary, and we had the wisdom to pace ourselves to not tire out. Amen. Uh, and I think that's representing patience, which brings maturity, right? And Rion had two winged demons on his back. And I commanded them off of him in Jesus' name. I rebuked them and told them to get off. Amen. We should pray for each other while we're running the race. If you give to others, they'll give to you, right? You know, um, Job prayed for his friends, and God blessed him. Amen. So, we should pray for each other so others will pray for us. Amen. And we ran all the way, and just as we reached the trophy, the demons left, and Rion was clothed in pure, shining white. So take that, you folks out there who might have a monkey or two on your backs. Um, just keep running the run of faith, and they will be gone. And as you pray one for another, God will help, right? That's why you need the fellowship of the brethren, too, by the way. You know, one will chase a thousand and two will chase ten thousand. Amen. Besides that, people see things that we don't see. So it looked like the demons uh, wanted to snatch the trophy out of Rion's hands, but they were gone by the time he reached out for it. That is the trophy. So, the race that we run is a race to Christ-likeness before our time is up. And um, deliverance is part of this. You know, deliverance from sin and deliverance from demons is part of this race. We're leaving them behind, right? Reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Praise be God. Amen. So, Rion said, only one wins the race. 
which is Jesus. And we have to abide in him to overcome personal trials before the trophy can be awarded, which is the manifestation of Christ in you. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. Know ye not that they that run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. Even so run that you may attain. So the one here is those who abide in the one, Jesus Christ, who is the Word, and Jesus will finish the race, and in Him, uh, and everybody in Him will too. Right? The prizes are many: eternal life, a work or ministry, uh, fruit, the high calling of the man-child and the bride, yeah, etc. Amen. So, good word. I asked the Lord for a word by faith at random and received Luke 14 and 21 and in context 16 through 27. But he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and he bade many, and he sent forth his servants at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. Oh, you don't have time for excuses. The first said unto him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. And the servant came and told his lords these things. Well, some of these to some people uh, would be pretty good excuses because they make excuses all the time. But we're running this race, and we can't be distracted. Um... We must not make excuses to please our flesh uh, instead of crucifying our flesh by pushing it painfully to the finish line. You know, when you run a race, you're running against pain. It's painful to run that race. You're forcing your body to do something you it doesn't want to do, like the Apostle Paul said, right? And... Uh, he buffeted his body and he brought it into submission, lest after he had taught others, he himself would be rejected. He wouldn't finish the race. Couldn't you imagine? That was the great Apostle Paul saying that. And if it's true of him, it's certainly true of us. Amen. And then the master of the house being angry. He is angry about these excuses. Hmm. Yep, a yoke of oxen has doesn't compare to eternal life. Um, marrying a wife doesn't compare to eternal life. And, uh, you know, uh, buying a field doesn't compare to eternal life. The Lord is offering us something so valuable. 
that these other things don't compare. So the master of the house, being angry at these foolish people, uh, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. Hmm. Wonder if they'll appreciate this gift that now has been taken away from those who had excuses. Right. Well, I, I think they would uh, appreciate it more than the people who turned their nose up at it, right? And the servant said, Lord, what thou didst command is done, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and constrain them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men that were bidden shall taste of my supper. Well, some people consider making a good living for themselves and their family and running the race with their neighbors, you know, um, important. But if they miss out on eternal life or miss out on the higher glories of that eternal life at the very least, you know, one thing about leaving this life, whatever you state you leave this life, that's the way it's going to be for you in eternity. Some people are only going to make it to star glory. Some are going to make it to uh, moon glory, death to self. Others are going to make it to uh, sun glory. In other words, the sun, right? So um, it behooves us to not compare this breath that we call life here with eternity. Right? He said, None of them that were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now there went with him great multitudes. And he turned and he said unto them, if any man cometh unto me and hateth not his own father, mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, what does he mean by hate? Well, notice he said, and his own life also. You have to hate their life, their life in this world, their worldly life, their worldly ways, what the things they want to drag you into that will distract you from this eternal life, right? And his own life also cannot be my disciple. Whosoever doth not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And we know um, that a cross is something to die on. And we know that if we're united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall also be of his resurrection, which is that sun glory, right? So, um, it behooves us to bear our cross every day buffet our body, bring it into submission to who? 
your spirit man, who is in submission to who? Jesus Christ. So, be sure you do this. I mean, this we cannot waste our time on the things of this world, which are all going to burn up. And uh, we're soon going to see how important it was for us to walk with Jesus and to be somebody before we tried to help anybody else. He said, get the board out of your eyes so you can see clear to get the mote out of your brother's eye. This is very important. We're going to be needing to be Jesus Christ in the coming days. Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're going to need this. Uh, when the people see Jesus in us, they're um, able and capable to seek the same Jesus, right? They can see the difference in you uh, when you seek Jesus. There are so many worldly Christians out there, they think that this is such a waste of time, and you're a fanatic, you know, kind of like the Shulamite that ran the race through Song of Solomon, uh, while the queens and the concubines and the virgins thought she was a fanatic too, and then they realized that they needed to get a good look at this Shulamite so that they would know how to get there themselves. They said, Return, return, O Shulamite, that we may look upon thee. Let's see what God likes here, you know. So the bride is going to be an example of what God likes. Oh, praise be to God. And uh, it's going to be strangely different than apostate Christianity. And, of course, uh, the way we could prove that, obviously, is if Jesus walked into most churches today, he'd be thrown out of there because they have totally different doctrines. Um, they don't like the Jesus who is the real Jesus. They like their former life. They don't want to be a fanatic. Well, even now, when we see the age is coming to an end, many people are still asleep, calling themselves Christians because they go to church. No, you have to be the church. You have to be the called out ones. That's what church means. Jesus went into the sheepfold of religion and he called his own by name. He called them out and he called them the church. It wasn't the ones in the religion that were the church. It was the ones that came out of their religions that were the church and followed the Lamb whithersoever he goeth, as Revelation 14 says. So if we don't bear our cross to die to self, which is what most churches are not willing to do, uh, matter of fact, if you start doing that, they will probably throw you out the same way they throw Jesus out, right? So uh, repentance Repentance and faith. We read the Bible to find out what the master looks like. Then we seek the same. Right? Christian means Christ-like. How do you know what Christ-like is unless you get real familiar with the one who wrote the book? Right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we desire earnestly, Lord, that you would finish the good work you started in us. Lord, uh, 
we don't want to be loosely what the worldly church calls Christian. We want to be Christians. We want to be Christ-like. Lord, show us. First of all, Lord, give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness because these are the people that will be filled according to your word. A hunger and a thirst for righteousness, Lord. Draw us unto yourself. Draw us into your word. Draw us to seek your face. Draw us to ask of you everything. Because Jesus said, All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That kind of faith is rarely in Christianity. Believing you've received something before you see it. But it's like... uh, the secret to success, right? Uh, because when you believe you've received something, you know that you can't do things in order to accomplish this. You know, some people, um, they are still an old person uh, trying to get on a new sur- suit, you know, so to speak. And uh, it's not going to work. And so, Lord, we just ask you in Jesus' name that you give us the grace to run with patience the race which is set before us. We're running against the time that we have on this earth. We don't know how much time we have. Some people abuse their time, so they're taken out because they're not using it wisely. And they, they would waste even more time and be condemned even more if they stayed any longer. So we just ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would cause us to redeem the time. The days are evil. Help us to redeem the time. Help us to run the race of getting the Word in our hearts so that Jesus lives in us. Help us, Lord, to do this. Grant us grace. Grant us repentance. Your Word says, Lord, that you grant repentance. So we ask you to please grant us repentance and draw us and we will run after you as the Shulamite, the perfected one, uh, asked. Uh, Draw us and we will run after you. Lord, we humbly submit to you. We are nothing without you. We're just the clay. You're the potter. You've got to mold this malleable clay. Sometimes clay gets hard and it's not very malleable and not very moldable. And uh, But, Lord, we don't want to be that. We want to be subtle in your hands, Lord. We want to be changed by you. We see the end from the beginning, Lord. We see Christ in the mirror. He is um, our goal, and we take nothing less Lord, we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are transformed into that same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord the Spirit. And this is all with an unveiled face. So, Lord, we want that unveiled face. We want to see what your word says. We want to accept what you say, even though we don't see it with our fleshly eyes. But we have the eyes of the Spirit, the eyes of a dove, and we accept that what you say is always true. And we are to see, receive it as that immediately. 
why waste any time to start running the race? You can't run the race without faith. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what the prize is. You don't know what the goal is. So, Lord, we just ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, help us to seek out the prize. We want to know what it is that pleases you, like Esther did. She took those things uh, that the Holy Spirit showed her the king liked. Yes. And so it is today, Lord. We want to know what the king likes. We want to be pleasing unto you. Give us that gift to be well-pleasing unto you, Lord. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Grant us the grace, Lord. Grant us the grace we need. We believe you, Lord. We believe that our sins were taken away. You said, reckon yourself to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Our sins were taken away by the cross. And on the cross, they were crucified. Our old life is crucified on that cross, and now we have the life of Christ. It's called the reconciliation, the exchange of his life for ours. And we are ministers of reconciliation, exchanging the life of those around us for the life of Christ as we minister the gospel to them. Thank you, Lord, that we have the same heart as you have, uh, and that is to bring people into the kingdom. And uh, the Great Commission, we have that in our hearts and on our minds. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us. We know you're going to finish the good work you started in us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, saints, God bless you and keep you. And I pray this will bless you today. We're going to follow up probably with this on uh, Wednesday with something which is also a key to conquer the enemy uh, and cast the dragon down. Okay? God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name. Amen. For information, materials, and to contribute, go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama, 36123. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will Shining rays of red and white Jesus, I trust in you O sacred heart, in you I find Mercy seated for all time I am yours and you are mine O Jesus, 
trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For your mercy stands and your word is true. Oh Jesus. Jesus, I trust.